good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Thursday, April 20th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bolger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Friends, before we get into the podcast, I just wanted to note something to you. When we began this podcast, it was the beginning of the pandemic, and we wanted to come to you three times a week to try to just reach you when we couldn't gather together. But we're going to switch things up a bit going forward. We're going to release on Tuesday our sermon from the previous Sunday, and then on Thursday we'll come to you with our regular discussion podcast. But going for- forward, we'll just release on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That alleviates a little of the podcast burden from Brett and I, and we hope that it's still a and burden good... from you to listen. Have to listen to us yes, three yes, times a week. This is our Goodness. gift to you, only two times a week. <laughs> Um, But we still hope that you'll be engaged with us and that you like our new format. So with that, welcome to our new format. And Brett, I'll begin by asking how you are and where have you seen the Holy Spirit at work lately? I am, I'm doing, I'm doing great. You know, Easter is just the best. (laughs) Easter is is the best. And you know, lots of things make Easter wonderful, but the thing that was not the focus but it was it took it to the next echelon was we had the most beautiful weather on Mm. easter day after it being a really rainy week and it just it contributed to holy week in a really profound way of there was a darkness Mm -hmm. on monday thursday and on good friday uh and it was rainy and dreary yeah and and gray and then literally all through holy saturday of that saturday of waiting and literally the sun rose sunday morning i mean it just uh it felt like easter uh for lots of different reasons but the weather was a a special one so i think i'm still riding that high i think i'd still love a nap or two Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but i'm gonna keep riding the weather high on that how about you? How are you? And how have you seen? I guess I didn't answer the how I've seen. The, I'll come back to the Holy we'll Spirit. Come thing. We'll come back. This is a new this format, is, listener. We don't out. know what we're doing. We're um, I am good. I too. Uh, like if you were writing a short story about Easter, that's what the weather would have looked like. Mm-hmm. It would have been so dark and gloomy, and then we move into this bright, beautiful morning. And even though the temperature was a little lower, by the time we went out for the egg hunt, it was just it was perfect in every way. And I too am still tired. We had 13 people for lunch after that, and even though my mother-in-law does all the cooking, it was a long morning of extroverting for me. (laughs) And um, because of some obligations here at work, I also worked Monday and Tuesday, and I'm just, I'm still a little tired, but I'm I'm really good, yeah. Um, How I've seen the Holy Spirit work to answer the uh, second part of your question uh, was on that Sunday, you know, there's just something special about the gathering of generations and families uh, mm-hmm. on an Easter Sunday. Uh, you know, just in the reality of the world that that families disperse uh, and they move to different parts, different cities, and different mm-hmm. countries. But then, 
I, this feels like something that's particular to the South because I don't know if it was the same thing that I experienced out West or in the North, I guess in the Midwest also, but the like going home for Easter, like yeah. that Easter is a travel day that you come home to your parents, to the church that raised you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I saw that a lot and that was really beautiful to see families gathered together who had, uh, been raised together that had had their faith formed and they come together on this this special day uh and that was really lovely to see yeah i so i knew this question was coming so i have three ways i've seen the holy spirit at work um one of them is that i listened to this podcast this morning about these two dogs and the tenor of the podcast was how much delight these dogs brought everyone they interacted with. And that feeling of delight in something lovely, I think, is always the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a work of God that these creatures were created and they just bring us so much joy. So that's one way. Um, the second way I've seen the Holy Spirit at work is that my youngest daughter is 16. And when she was small, you know, I would tuck her in every night and we would talk and that sort of thing. And then they get older and you get out of that. But the last few nights, she's been like, Mom, can I come lay with you before you go to sleep? And she just comes and snuggles. And we talk about the day. And that feels like a gift of the Holy Spirit, too, that mm. there's something moving in her that she wants to be a little closer. And then the last one is that last night I was at my kid's school and there is a teenager who his family's been coming to worship here. And he said, Miss Bolger, I really liked your sermon on Sunday. And for me, for any sermon to reach a 16-year-old kid (laughs) is the work of the Holy Spirit. For any 16-year-old kid to be like, man, I like church on Sunday, that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So those are three ways I've seen the Spirit moving. That is absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now let us move to our time of prayer and scripture discussion uh, as we begin with a prayer. Lord God, we thank you that your Spirit moves here and now that in the resurrection we have found new life both after death but also today, that you have beckoned us forth to build the kingdom, to work, to grow, and to make disciples. And we pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. So friends, the resurrection text from Matthew's gospel um, in the 28th chapter ends with Jesus telling the women, go and tell the disciples to meet me in Galilee. So our text today is from Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, and it picks up immediately following that. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Tara, as you beautifully set up for us, this is right after the resurrection account. And and what are we to make that this is the piece of scripture that comes immediately after we find that Jesus is resurrected. 
You know, it's funny. I think about how the story might have gone. And I think if it were up to the disciples, we have Mary Magdalene and the other Mary who fall down and worship at Jesus' feet. That's what the disciples do here. I think there's this human tendency to just be like, hold everything. Hmm. He is resurrected. We're going to stay just where we are. We're going to worship him. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. You have been given the gift of resurrection. You know that it is true. Now go out and tell other people and make disciples. I feel like Jesus is saying, you've been given this gift. Now I want you to go out and give it away Hmm. to as many people as possible. So for me, it's significant that this incredible event has happened. And right after that, Jesus says, now go out and give it to other people. Um, So I think there's this movement of um, miracle and joy and this tendency to just fall down. And even Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, it says he holds on, they hold on to his feet mm-hmm. to just hold on where they are. But Jesus says, no, I want you to go out and move out into the world. What do you think about that? Um, you know, it, it, sometimes it's it's difficult for us who have been in the church of, we've, we've heard the different resurrection accounts and the post-resurrection, and we can kind of get those all mixed up together. Uh, and so I know I do. <laughs> By we, I mean I do. Yes. And so I was reading, you know, Matthew's post-resurrection account is almost as, well, it's not as brief it as Mark, but Mark. It's, 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 it's almost as brief as Mark. But sometimes when I think about the post-resurrection accounts, I think of Luke and John, because lots of things kind of happen with Jesus. But this is it. Uh, you know, Jesus is resurrected. There's like a picnic <laughs> in the beach yeah, in one of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A picnic, a visit in a room, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Matthew is, Jesus resurrected. Um, he appears to Mary and Mary, who bring the good news of his resurrection. And then this is his first... Uh, appearing, uh, talking to the disciples. I read somewhere that this is the first time he's talked to his disciples since he told them to stay awake and they abandoned him. Um, And how does the resurrected Jesus respond to those who at the last had abandoned, had not done what he had asked them to do, not just as their Lord and Savior, but as his friends, Mm -hmm. uh, that he uh, gives them a call to go and spread the good news. that that is, you know, when we come to church and we start off with confession, admitting that we have fallen and not kept awake, uh, what's what's our call? To worship and then to go back out and to mm-hmm. uh, enter into the world. And I just love that that is how Jesus greets his disciples who, again, who have, the last he saw them, uh, they were running away from him uh, in his hour of need, uh, that, that they are they are still... Uh, his disciples. You know, that's interesting because that is true. And then the first thing he says is, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You might think that after that, since he has all the authority, he might scold them. A little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, but he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And I actually think that that statement about all authority has been given to me, of course, means, you know, the final divinity of Jesus Christ. It's the culmination of the triune God. But I also think this work they're about to embark on is going to be hard Mm -hmm. and scary, Mm -hmm. and they have to remember that Jesus has the power and the authority to work through them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's also kind of a building them up for Mm -hmm. what has to come. Yeah, this is a a result of the resurrection, that Mm -hmm. that Jesus has come into this full authority as the resurrected Christ that has changed history in this moment, uh, and... Man, don't we all need that reminding before going out into the world yes. <laughs> of, of that moment? What do you think about how they're going to make disciples? 
Yeah, you know, he says, um, he says, go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and teaching them. Um, so we kind of have this this twofold. I don't think it's an exact formula uh, of like baptize them and teach them. But I think what he's what he's saying uh, is, well, first I want to say something about the disciples. Throughout the Gospel of Matthew, disciples has always referred to the twelve. Uh, mm-hmm. It's never been right. of you know we're all disciples. But there is a eschatological. There is a uh, there's an etymological. Tied to the twelve tribes a, of yeah. There's a um, change. Israel. There's a change that this is uh, not just yeah. It's the twelve tribes of Israel, but also um, the nations can mean Gentiles, and mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. so it's this shift that followers of Christ that that's not just the the ones that that follow the rabbi that that are worshiping and learning at Jesus' feet are not just the twelve, but they are all of us. And so there's this idea that we go out and we, when I think of baptizing, I think of the sacrament, I think of experiencing grace. So we go out and we experience grace. We tell about the grace that has been given to us. We point out grace in other people's lives. Uh, we participate in worship uh, mm-hmm. in the baptizing and uh, and the worshiping together. And then in the teaching, we learn and we grow and we discuss uh, about what it means that we've experienced that grace. How the heck do I live now in the in the wake of this? What, what do you think it means to make disciples? Well, first of all, I think mm-hmm. it's interesting that uh, the way that phrase, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, has been used at different times in history. Hmm. Some people have seen it to mean that everyone in the entire world should be converted to Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got the Crusades. We're yep. going to beat them into it if we yeah. have to. Yeah. But I think what this really means and what Jesus is saying, when he says make disciples of all nations, he means no matter where someone is from, they are invited into this God life project, right? Not that everyone has to be, but that everyone is invited. Um, And so it's interesting because he does, you've got the 12 who have been the 12 all through Matthew's gospel. And at the end, he just flings open the doors, Yeah, right? it, It doesn't matter their nationality. It doesn't matter any of those things. Um, what matters is that you baptize them, allow them um, to have the experience of the Holy Spirit, and then teach them what I commanded you, which is very simply, right? Um, To love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And so for me, um, there is this invitation. And then teaching them to obey, for me, good teaching always starts with showing. Um, And so I think it's important to remember that it's not just I'm going to instruct but I'm going to show you what this life of love and grace is like, and I'm going to invite you into it. So I think that's really what the best of discipleship is. You know, I think on a Sunday morning is one of the few times when we really try to form our disciples. It's a time that we have set aside specifically for that. There are a million other ways that disciples are formed. This is one way. And in it, we try to make sure that it is always invitational and opening to people in a way of showing how to be a disciple instead of just teaching. You need to do this. You need to. You need to. Or the lettuce prayer. Let us do this. Let us do that, which is just finger pointing in a, in a different tense. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, he ends with this, I am with you always to the end of the age. And I think that is the ultimate comfort too. Yeah. Um, Jesus should be with us in every moment of our disciple making. Um, in every moment, uh, we know he's there in the baptism. Um, and so there's this final comfort that Jesus is with us till the end of the age. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's um, 
it's it's this wonderful promise and the whole great commission is an invitation right uh you get the sense in reading through the gospel of matthew that what ends here uh is is not the end of the story but the very much the beginning um uh, you very much get that this uh, great commission like it's not like we're closing the book but it's almost like we are just turning the page and there is so much more to be written and we are invited into that story uh what mm-hmm. you what you preached on last 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 easter sunday <laughs> um, uh, of, of that we are invited into this wonderful story uh that god that jesus has gone before us mm-hmm. and that jesus is with us uh in the moment and i Again, sometimes I get all the gospels mixed up in my head. But reader, if you haven't done, read the resurrection story from just Matthew twenty-eight from from mm-hmm. the beginning to the end. It's very short, uh, and it's just um, it's exciting. Yeah, you know? it is. <laughs> it's it's yeah. exciting. Uh, it it fills you up and 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 gets you ready to go. And uh, I'm excited to hear you preach on this sermon. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited to hear what's going to happen, too. Um, and, you know, our next sermon series is called Church Building, and it's really, we'll be discussing it here, right? It's the idea of, well, how did they do it? Hmm. How did they start this whole church project? And how did they invite people in? And what were the arguments that came up and all that sort of thing? So I hope everyone will join us for that. And I'm going to end today with a quote from Brennan Manning. He writes, What makes authentic disciples is not visions, ecstasies, biblical mastery of chapter and verse, or spectacular success in the ministry, but a capacity for faithfulness. Buffeted by the fickle winds of failure, battered by their own unruly emotions, and bruised by rejection and ridicule, authentic disciples may have stumbled and have frequently fallen, endured lapses and relapses, gotten handcuffed to the flesh pots, and wandered into a far country. Yet they kept coming back <laughs> to Jesus. Mm. That's lovely. Uh, friends, we hope you enjoyed this kind of new format. Uh, if you hated it, email Tara and let her know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, we if, always listen, lo- we would love to hear. Listen, from if you have ideas, uh, email either one of us. You can find that. Just on our keep website. in mind, we have full time jobs. We, <laughs> we're doing our best. Uh, let us know. Uh, we are always open to ideas. Uh, but I've really enjoyed this yeah, uh, extended look at the scripture, and uh, we hope you have as well now may each of you go out to love and to serve to be well to care for yourselves and others knowing that the grace and love of god is ever upon you amen amen